Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Today, I would like to talk about a movie from a very, very special guy named James Cameron. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of James Cameron. The guy is kind of famous. Um, if you've been keeping up with the latest uh, movies out there, you may know him because his name is on Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Now, that is not a good compliment because that movie is, um, and I must confess, I haven't seen it, but I don't need to see it to know that it is, one, reliant on CGI, two, not reliant on story or characters, and three, not worth your goddamn money. However, James Cameron is known for a lot of other stuff, mostly for, uh, I don't know, shaping a lot of American culture um, as it relates to movies. Uh, the Terminator, you know, whenever somebody brings up uh, our good friend Arnie, uh, you know, and somebody, somebody may be tempted to say something along the lines of, I'll be back, or some shit like that. That's Terminator. Um, one of James Cameron's earliest uh, con contributions. Uh, you may also know him from... The movie I'd like to talk about uh, today, called Titanic. You may also know him from... What the fuck else? I know, I know he's done other stuff. Oh shit, I can't remember. He's done like a million other things. But basically, James Cameron is a very, very important man, and he is also a very, very self-indulgent man. Now, what I mean by that when I call James Cameron self-indulgent is that they, you, will, you will be hard-pressed to find any other filmmaker out there who, you know, spanks his meat harder than this guy, all right? Avatar 1, that came out... Mm, I don't even know, like 2000s, of course. You know, we had this new CGI technology and we needed a, you know, big vision guy like James Cameron who could really put all the new technology to use and really create a breathtaking portal into another world populated by unfamiliar plants, animals, you know, cultures. And that was the first Avatar. The movie, or I mean, uh, the story, bland, Forgettable, the characters, <laughs> bland, forgettable, but the graphics, oh my god, the graphics, oh, so, so good. So that's the first Avatar. Lacking in story, lacking in basically anything that isn't visual. Um, and me personally, I strongly dislike that, but I know a lot of people like it, and a lot of people can accurately argue in its favor, and I won't deny that. But really, Avatar 2? And if you guys didn't know, there's going to be five. There are officially going to be five. Because, um, like American Horror Story, like the new show Velma, which I won't talk about right now because... Anyways, like those two shows, sometimes people are more than willing to come out and say, Hey, just based on contracts alone, we are going to make more of this, whether you like it or not. This is the way Hollywood works, and this is the way people work. You know, if they can, you know, if they can be the ones in charge of, um, you know, getting news out, if they can be the ones who sling the information, they will, right? 
because because of the fame that comes with it. Um, but that's kind of a tangent. That doesn't really matter. What matters is that there are going to be five avatars. Look, <laughs> even if you think Avatar 2 was amazing, for some odd reason, because it's just a fucking rehash of the first forgettable movie, um, how can you possibly appreciate the fact that there are going to be five unless you have short-term memory loss? I mean, seriously. Unless you're Dory the fucking fish, how can you appreciate the fact that there's going to be five of these goddamn things? That is so... That That is self-indulgency at its finest, all right? This is why I have a love-hate relationship with James Cameron, all right? Because when it comes to approach or, uh, embracing technology with open arms, there is nobody more skilled than James Cameron, all right? The first Terminator. Um, by our standards, not all that impressive, but, I mean, it's. I can still appreciate it. I'm specifically referencing the parts in the first Terminator, spoiler alert, where um, the Terminator himself has been worn down to his metal bones and he's chasing down the main protagonist. It's animated with like this super janky and it's like stop motion. It's kind of like last week's episode, like flushed away. Wow. Um, but yeah. James Cameron has always been one for exploring different types of technology. Um, and for that reason, I can appreciate him. I think a lot of people can too. I think the the whole fucking the whole fucking thing, uh, the industry. That's what I'm trying to say. The industry um, as a whole should appreciate James Cameron. That said, I hate the guy. Not really, right? But in a, in a sense, I hate him. Um, and. With that, I'll lead into my discussion of today's topic, the Titanic, which I already said, but I still wanted to do the dramatic effect. All right, um, I saw this like, what, on Friday night, because it was recently celebrating its 25th anniversary, the movie that is, not the horrific tragedy it was based upon, and I saw it in theaters in 3D, which honestly was pretty pretty freaking cool. That was, um, that was nice. Uh, what wasn't nice is that there was a band of fucking middle schoolers in the back who wouldn't shut the fuck up. If you, okay, audience, I love you. You guys are amazing, but, <laughs> the but, if, if you happen to be a middle schooler or at least a younger style of person, if you go to the movies and you are as loud as you can be, and you, and you don't, like, consider other people who are watching the same movie, if you, like, laugh, if you clap your hands and cry, fuck you, alright? If you're not, I love you, you're amazing. But if you, if you go with, like, a group of friends, alright, who, who doesn't love going to the cinemas with friends, right? It's amazing, it's an amazing experience, everyone sh should do that at least once. But, if you and your friends can't shut the fuck up, because... I don't know, the ship's like breaking and people are falling and you're such a freaking psychopath that when people fall, you can't help but laugh out loud and other people are trying to listen to the dialogue and you won't shut up. You better stop that soon. You better stop. You better stop or else I'm going to find you. Anyways, yeah, we were watching the movie, my brother and I in theaters and like, oh my God, dude. Oh my God. 
um, when it got to the scene when Jack uh, was dying from hypothermia, and you know, it, it was it's the famous scene uh, where Rose is about to let him go immediately after saying, "I'll never let you go." Little irony there, but anyways, they they were like, I I don't know, there was like one kid sobbing, like open mouth sobbing. And then, like, the other kids were like, he, you actually crying. And they were, like, laughing at the top of their lungs. Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! Bro, I'm, like, trying to watch the movie. Like, it's, I don't know about you guys, but this is the first time I've ever seen this. And, you know, I, I'd kind of like to enjoy it without a bunch of, like... <sighs> Alright. I know on some level it's messed up for an adult to get, <laughs> to get mad at a bunch of minors for just chilling with their friends. But just, just, like, stop, please. I mean, this is main character syndrome at its worst. Not at its worst, sure, but but pretty damn bad, right? When you just don't consider that there are other people, like, trying to enjoy themselves, and you think you're the only one in the room that matters, like, you need, a, you need an attitude adjustment, bro. And I don't, I don't care if you think the movie's sad, or I don't care if you... If you find um, fictionalized portrayals of character death funny, um, I think in this case of the Titanic, it's a little fucked up, but you know, I'm not judging. Just shut up, dude. Like, I mean, you're not the only person in the room. I, I think you should consider that. I mean, it's just, again, it's just main character syndrome. But anyways, uh, yes, Titanic. Now. I opened this episode saying that James Cameron, as a director, should be respected but also hated on the basis that the man cannot, the man does not know when to stop touching his wiener, alright? Um, and in the Titanic, well, that's not entirely, uh, false. In fact, let me tell you this. <clears throat> the movie, in case you didn't know is three hours long. Um, wow. <sighs> Let me just say, if your movie is longer than two hours, you better have a damn good reason, all right? That being said, some of my favorite movies are longer than two hours. My favorite movie of all time, The Green Mile, is three hours long. Um, my favorite Tarantino, The Hateful Eight, is... Uh, well, I think it's long. It's definitely longer than two hours. Every fucking Tarantino is. Except for, like, Reservoir Dogs. But, um, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. If your movie is longer than two hours, you better, like, you better have a good reason. Titanic does not. Which is why I reaffirm my opinion that James Cameron is way too self-indulgent. All right? So the Titanic takes on two sort of time periods. It's, it takes off, um, it starts off, sorry, it starts off with the present, where Rose is, you know, just an old woman, and these, this crew is trying to, like, locate this super rare diamond that was on the ship of the Titanic before the ship sunk, called the Heart of the Sea. Wow, um, crazy. Uh, see... This, um, it's a setup to the actual good part of the movie, which is the part of the movie that takes place in the past. See, the present of the movie 
the present scenes where Rose is an old woman and she's telling the story of how she like met Jack and I don't know uh, wore um, the Heart of the Sea diamond. That should not have been in the movie. Should not have been in the final cut. It is merely an extra hour that did not deserve to be in the final cut. I'm sorry, it, it didn't. Um, because here's the thing. The actual, like, meat of the movie, um, the tense action sequences, the heartache, the comedy, um, the enriching characters... The, you know, the, the climax of the story, the climax of the movie and the resolution and the setup, it all takes place in the past. I mean, even the movie itself starts off, like, at the very, very start with this beautifully depicted, like, old-timey, um, I don't even know what it's called, old-timey sequence that lasts about 10 seconds, 15, of a bunch of people on the Titanic, you know, happy as, as happy as ever getting ready to go, waving at their loved ones, not knowing that, you know, in a couple of days they would freeze to death because the ship would crash. Um, the present is merely a vehicle that the plot takes to actually tell the story in the past. Now, you're, you, you may be thinking, you may be thinking, okay, well, maybe... The parts in the present are just maybe like 10 minutes. You know, 10 minutes is all it takes to introduce the crew, introduce what they're trying to do, um, and then have them, you know, fly in uh, Rose as an old woman and then start to talk to her. That would only take maybe like 10 minutes, right? You know, kind of long, but an introduction that does all it needs to do so that we can actually get to the good part, the substantial part of the movie. Nope. Uh, it actually takes a long fucking time because, like I said, James Cameron and his team of editors do not know what parts of the movie actually count. Or at least they do, and for some crazy reason, they decided to keep in an extra hour of stuff that didn't really deserve to make it. Um, in that sense... Uh, in that sense, I can't call Titanic a masterpiece. It's sluggish, and it takes too long to get to the part of the movie that I actually loved. Because I did love Titanic. Um, a lot of people. <laughs> On the day that I was going to see this movie, a lot of people were like, eh, well, it's way overrated. You know, the actual story isn't, isn't good, but, you know, the, the music and the visuals. And it's like, well, I actually strongly disagree. I think the story is not, it's not revolutionary, it's not weird, like, I love it to get weird, but it's not weird. Um, it's a fairly straightforward story of um, a girl who feels trapped in a life of money, falling in love with a very, like, boisterous, but also very, very good artist, um, you know, a very poor gentleman, <sighs> poor gentleman, uh, I'm being very formal, <laughs> A very, a very poor, like, guy who just barely managed to get on the ship in the first place. And in spite of their life differences, in spite of everything, they manage to fall in love. And eventually, you know, they meet their fates uh, on the Titanic. Except Rose is forced to live on. 
Now, the story is not weird. It's not strange. It's not horrific. But it is, in a sense, horrifically sad. Um, You know, believe it or not, I'm not a heartless fuck. (laughs) I didn't cry, but I did tear up. And that says something, right? Because I don't cry often at movies. Um, I would like to point out the sequence where the ship splits in half, for real, not in the computer simulation in the present. I would like to point at that sequence as the part that ripped my heart in half, right? Because you see, and and they're not even, they don't even give you names. They don't name these people. They don't like... They don't accurately, they don't, they don't give them like five minutes worth of pastime or anything. They just show up and die. That's it. And it still manages to be heartbreaking because in this sequence, the ship splits in half. We see countless men and women fall into the center of the ship, you know, crashing to the sea where, I don't know, their, their necks will break on the sheer impact. And then we see people falling, sliding, and... And we see these giant, like, I don't even know what to call them, these giant chimneys on the ship crack over and fall on countless people. You know, it's like they're being slaughtered by the thousands. And it's not real, but this is something that actually happened. It's heartbreaking to think that all these people who, you know, you know, I don't know, they could have been fathers, they could have been mothers, some of them were just babies, and um, they died all the same, you know out there in the middle of the sea where nobody could save them. And some people were saved. And, and, you know, as we see in the movie, some people, well, by my judgment, didn't deserve to be saved. Like that, you know, rich guy that, you know, claimed that Rose was his property and slapped her and called her, you know, derogatory names. He survived. Uh, The movie couldn't help it. I, okay. The movie eventually said that, like, he killed himself, but... Um, I think, I think it was a stronger outcome for him if he actually survived. Uh, little tangent here. It was better when he actually made it and survived because you want to see him die. He's a really, he's a real piece of shit. Um, but the fact that he lived on and Jack died an honorable man, you know, with Rose, he sacrificed his life for her. And in the end, all that other asshole could do was, you know, save himself I think that was much stronger. That was a much, much stronger foil to Jack's character. Um, but right, this movie, it, it broke my heart. It really did. I left the I left the theater like pissed off because the kids wouldn't stop talking. But as I cooled down, I realized just how, you know, <laughs> affected I was by the movie. I, Not even by Rose and Jack, although that certainly was sad too. I felt depressed because all these people you know in real life died and some drowned some were just crushed it was so utterly inhumane and just tragic but yeah i think um as with many james cameron projects it's very good but you know could be better (laughs) I appreciate the man for his steps towards an advanced and unique way of storytelling, but I also hate the guy because he doesn't know when to stop. Titanic was an hour longer than it should have been, 
the actual good part of the story was, you know, it, it, it took forever to get there, basically. Should you see it? Absolutely. Um, if you have the chance to fast forward it, I mean, go, go right ahead. Be my guest. Um, you'll save time that way and you won't like be differently affected. Uh, I think one scene in the present is deserved at the very, very end because we know that uh, Rose lives by that point and seeing her as an old woman is kind of like, oh, damn, you know, she lived on. And, um, and that, that, that scene at the very end where she dies and then like, oh, spoiler alert, sorry. And then she's greeted by all these like people who also died on the ship. And she goes to the same clock where she and Jack, you know, uh, united and she sees Jack and she kisses him and everyone starts clapping. I think that part should not have made it in controversial alert i don't think that part should have been in the movie at all i think the movie should have ended maybe with her like sleeping as an old woman i think that should have they should have stopped there right because and maybe some people like this but the fact that the movie explicitly tells you that she reunited with jack in the afterlife it's just too much it's too handholdy and it spoils the ultimately tragic nature of their fate as star-crossed lovers um, the fact that the both of them, like, find passionate love in each other in, in the few days that they even knew each other is just magical, and it's made all the more tragic by their ultimate destiny to be split apart so quickly. The fact that the movie, you know, spoils that for you and says, oh, well, you know, they ended up together anyways, it just takes away. I mean, yeah, it's happy and all, and I like that even as fictional characters, they manage to find each other. I just think the movie would have been better without it. See, I like suffering. In movies, at least. I like when a movie can make us sad and then ultimately not take away the sadness. I think it's better that way. Movies are supposed to give us portraits into our own lives, and our lives are sad. I mean... Our lives are sad. That's just the reality of it. I mean, there's nothing more cathartic. Than, <laughs> there is nothing more cathartic than the bitter. That's why I think, ultimately, the movie shouldn't have explicitly told us that they reunited. Should have been a possibility. See, as an individual moviegoer, you should be able to decide for yourself what happens. You should be able to use your critical thinking... No. That sounds douchey. You should be able to use your, like, your judgment and your own heart, your own thoughts and feelings to decide, ultimately, what happens. That's why some of the best types of movies are the ones that make you wonder what's actually going on. American Psycho is a good thing to point at. Um, you know, was he killing those people? Was he not? It's all up to you to sort of decipher and think for yourself. So when Titanic takes away the chance for you to think for yourself, I don't like that. But anyways, um, this is a marvelous movie when it gets to the point. So yeah, uh, is there anything else I want to say? Oh yeah, let me, let me leave you with this. I won't take up too much of your time, so let me leave you with this. Movies are reflections of ourself.
They are pictures into something distorted, something strange, something that isn't you, and yet at the same time, it is you. It's meant to take you out of your comfort zone and plant you into a different world that ultimately reminds you of who you are, of who we are as people. Look, when we went to the movie theater to see Titanic, me and my brother were swamped with, I want to say, 10 minutes. That doesn't sound like a lot, but let me keep talking. 10 minutes of advertisements for fucking Marvel movies, all right? Now, before then, I was like, yes, Marvel is very popular, and that's unfortunate, but it's not that popular, all right? But when I went to the movie theater and I just got swamped with this fucking, let me be specific, this fucking Quantumania, like, bullshit. Oh, what is it? What, what is it? What is it? The third Ant-Man and the Wasp? The fucking third one? There's three of these pieces of shit? Seriously? Are you serious? I just, I'm so disappointed. I mean, you look at those Marvel movies, you look at, uh, let me name three. Um, well, Black Adam, I'm sure that's DC, but what the fuck does it matter? You see Black Adam, you see the new Black Panther, you see Quantumania, you see whatever the fuck, and you think, oh wow, that's cool, another CGI jerk-off. How does that remind us of who we are? The people in these movies, the people that can do extraordinary things, they're not us. You think they have to go against the same things we do? The newest Thor movie tried to make a statement about cancer, and guess what? It fell flat. Because the people who make Marvel movies aren't human. They don't understand us. They just want to make money. And what's more, the people who act in Marvel movies aren't people either. They are golden plastic statues that we put on a fucking pedestal like gods. <sighs> They're not real. Yes, they're different and they're odd and they're strange, but they don't, they're, they, they don't, they're not weird, right? They are strange and they are different because they show powers like shooting electricity or becoming small or whatever that we don't have. And yet it's not weird because it's safe because they just want to make money. They don't want to, they don't want to explore the human condition in a foreign, strange way that ultimately relates us to ourselves. They just want to show us a bunch of people who look like plastic Barbie dolls, you know, doing a bunch of fake action sequences and, you know, quote-unquote, kicking ass, and just nothing beyond that. These things aren't, they're not explorations of the human psyche or of anything different. They're not explorations of our hearts and how we love. Titanic is a movie about loving in spite of all the risks. People love in that movie and people are killed in spite of that love, and yet it matters. People in these Marvel movies don't care about anything. All they care about is the next paycheck. It is fake. It's not real. Why do people waste their money on this shit? Why are we buying into this? What are we doing? What is the cinema anymore? It's so fucking disappointing. Why would anybody waste their time on the third Ant-Man movie? Jesus Christ. It is just Paul Rudd in a fucking green suit getting smaller, and that's the movie. 
Maybe he gets bigger too. Wow, great. So he's a penis. That's awesome. Great. Amazing. It's just sad, basically. It's a big fucking disappointment. All it is, is a big fucking disappointment. I, I don't... Uh, I don't think... I'm, I'm fucking angry now. Um... I don't think I can say anything else. I think I'm done. Um, good night.